Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Along with me this week, we have a special Labor Day, right? It's Labor Day. Uh, we have a special Labor Day episode. We don't have Shane Cheech here. We have Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP is joining me this week. How are you doing, JP? I'm great. How's it going uh, with Poor Man's Podcast? Everything's going well. Everything's, you know, we have some good guests coming up the next couple of weeks. We have Iron City Paranormal coming in next week. We have uh, comedian Matt Light coming on the week after that. So I'm super excited for that. Oh, next week we also have Michelle, the Pittsburgh foodie girl. She's doing, I think, the best delis in Pittsburgh. So that's kind of a new one for me. I don't know too much about delis around here. I'm not like a deli kind of like a go get a pastrami sandwich kind of guy. Never was either. I was always a basic kid. Peanut butter and jelly for lunch, all that. None of this, like, deli meats and cheeses. I'm intrigued to learn more, but, like, I'm in the same boat. I was never much folk. I'm not a cold sandwich kind of guy. I prefer hot unless if I do go cold, something basic, like peanut butter. Yeah, no, I'm with you. If you're going to have a big sandwich, like, go out. It's, it's kind of weird to have a cold sandwich, now that you say it. Yeah, I I mean, a lot of people like it, like uh, cold meats and cheese. I just, I I prefer it warm, that's all. I'm with you on that, JP. But we have kind of a a sports, kind of centric show for you this week. Um, Like I said, it's Labor Day, so we weren't even going to do a show, and then we were like, you know what, let's kind of do a preview of the sports show this this year. Yeah, Uh, we get NFL starting this Thursday. Labor Day is not going to prevent us from, you know, covering all that needs to be covered. It's it's the best time of the year. It really is. We have pumpkin beers out. The weather starts getting cooler. And now that we're not, like, in fifth grade and we're not going back to school, this is by far the best time of the year. And football. It, it, it literally gets no better than, like, fall beer and football. I agree. Uh, holidays around this time are always exciting. Uh, as you get older, I understand, like, as a kid, you may love Christmas or Easter. But as I get older, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Thanksgiving, Halloween, and, of course, football season. Absolutely. It's, it's, I think when you get older, it's less about the gifts and more about what you eat. And I think Thanksgiving, obviously, best kind of food. Uh, not a fan of, like, you know, the Easter kind of food, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, it's it's exciting for the presents, but I'm with you more. Yeah, as you get older, it's more about the giving of the present that I think is more exciting. Yeah, you know, the trick-or-treating and stuff. I have, I have two kids. I like doing that. And even if I didn't, it's always cool seeing the little kids running around, get excited to dress up, go get some candy. So it's definitely, like I said, this will be the fourth time. It's the best time of the year. Um, and like I said, with our, with our you know, this kind of a condensed show. We don't have stuff to do in Pittsburgh this week. They're taking their week off for Labor Day, or at least a day off for Labor Day. Um, and then we will be doing beers of the week. So maybe we'll so we'll get into the beers of the week. I need a beer. So we're going to talk about our beers this week. Jeremy picked out both of them for us. I have Lager Roots. Lime. It's from Strange Roots, but it's called Lager Roots Lime. It's uh, it's obviously a lager conditioned on limes. It's four point nine percent. I love, and I always say this: the Strange Root 
uh, cans, they have probably the coolest logos. Um, if I had to rank this, JP, what's I just told you it's gangster out of bounds. I'm going out of bounds for this. Okay, out of bounds for the uh, Strange Roots slime. I I was going to double down and say that uh, I think Strange Roots art on their canes is amazing. It's, I was going to ask, what do you think of of the cans that you've seen? I think Strange Roots is my favorite. I, I like uh, Strange Roots, and I like a lot of the uh, sour canes out, like Prairie Company. What I have today is from Hitchhiker, and I love the cane as well. It's a uh, party in Bedrock. So if you ever are fortunate to see the cane and try the beer, you get there's like a uh, hippopotamus, a uh, pterodactyl, and a giant woolly mammoth on it. And um, I think that the artwork on it, you know, is kind of what made me pick it in the first place rather than the flavor. Well, that's a huge thing with beer. And I remember um, I, I work in a restaurant and, and we're known for wine. And, my, and the owner there, uh, Alex Sebastian, who just passed, he, uh, a couple months ago, he was like a wine wizard. He was like a great, like, like that was the title, like for the, what he knows about wine. Uh, for like uh, the wine spectator and stuff. And he would say like when people are buying wine, it's not a, as much of the, t- like if you're not familiar with it, you're going based on label, like almost primarily. Yeah. And they say, don't judge a book by the cover. You could say the same thing for beer, but I tell you more times than not, I think the the canes on the beer kind of, if it doesn't taste as good, you're going to give it the benefit of the doubt when the art looks really cool. Yeah, the, the strange root ones you were just saying, Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker has a really cool one called Bane of Existence, and that's almost like a cosmos kind of looking thing, outer space. And then they have like a, uh, a another one that's uh, it's Bane of Existence, and then Baby Bane um, is like a lighter one. Um, but they're both really good. Uh, Grist House always has good cans. They're always you know the 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 matte kind of finish on the can. I like the the matte uh, label instead of like the gloss. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Strange Roots, I really like their, um, it's kind of like dark imagery on all their canes. It um, is. It's almost like uh, fantasy, but like dark, like you were just saying. This one, the one that I'm drinking right now, Lime Lager, or Lager Roots, it's like, uh, it's all green, um, and the, the it's like an old man with a, a long beard and like a cloak on, but yeah, on like, like a dark night with limes. Yeah, like a... A um, uh, Lord of the Rings type of thing. yeah, for sure, yeah. You you never wear a, a hood like that unless you're <laughs> up to some magical mischief. Yeah, it's like uh, he's like cook, cooking up a spell in his pot or something. Yeah, <laughs> in his uh, cauldron. He uh, th- this one's cool. We did serrated kiss, I believe, was from them, and there was like a girl on it uh, that was like a red can. And I tried another one. I think it was an- another one with like a Viking looking guy on. Or he had like wings on his helmet. The uh, uh, sapphire, or I is think that what it what is? It's called something like that. Okay, yeah, that one was really good too. I haven't had a bad beer from Strange Roots yet. Yeah, I think they're solid across the board. Mine um, is from Hitchhiker. Like I said, Hitchhiker's canes seem to be always has some sort of like gray silver background, and a lot of them are like outer space feel or a psychedelic. But this one is a little different. Like I said, it has the prehistoric uh animals on it and i think it, it tastes great too so it's a seven uh, percent um smoothie sour with strawberry raspberry marshmallow milk sugar and prehistoric breakfast cereal prehistoric breakfast is that like fruity pebbles that's the yeah. generic way of saying fruity pebbles <laughs> so yeah and i i try it and uh th- this is great i'm going with a uh shunt, shut the front door on okay it. yeah 
Mm-hmm. That's quality. I, I I tried that before. That is one of the better sours. I'm not giant into sours. I like a sour, but I'm not super into it. I always say I'm more of a. Uh, I like the hazy IPA right now. Um, I like IPAs in general, even West Coast, whatever it is. Um, but as far as the sours go, that's a really nice one. Evergreen, like I always say, they put out the Sorbetta ones. They really have good sours. Uh, Hitchhiker puts out some really quality sours as well. Yeah, I've been on a sour like craze recently, so I think that um, this party in Bedrock definitely fits the vibe that I've been feeling um, as of recently. And uh, not only is it a shut the front door, I would say it's kind of a high higher level shut oh. the front door. It's it's pushing uh, Flavor Town, but I'm not quite getting there. Yeah, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Mm-hmm. You're, sh- you're shutting the door on the way to Flavor Town. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also a 16 ounce can, which. You know, you have to definitely take into consideration. It's just after drinking it, I don't know if I could do a second one because the flavor is just a little sweet. Yeah, that's one of those things with the sours. Like they're super good, but like I couldn't like if I'm marathon drinking throughout the day watching a game or at a bar, like I I would switch it up. Yeah, and I agree with the uh, Strange Roots lime I've tried to, and I think that's more of a, like if I have to go through a six pack, that's more drinkable beer than what I have. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. It, it, it's well at the 4.9% it makes it definitely drinkable it's it's a lighter one lagers are always kind of like after the light beer because when you start drinking beer kind of you don't have that that taste like you're not going to start with a stout usually um you start with kind of the lighter beer move to a lager then kind of a pale ale from there and this is a definitely a lighter one this is a nice beginner beer oh Excuse me, I just burped. Um, but no, this is a nice one. JP, it said breakfast cereal, prehistoric breakfast cereal, which I'm assuming is a Flintstone-related one. It could be Cocoa Pebbles, Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, it, um, it tastes rather fruity, especially yeah. with the blend of the uh, oh, yeah. strawberry it's for, it's for sure. I'm saying those are the two prehistoric ones, and we can eliminate Cocoa yeah. Pebbles probably. <laughs> yeah. JP, of all the breakfast cereals out there, you see like Dino Bites or some shit. For like fruity, for uh, uh, like a generic version, what do you think is the best generic cereal? Can you think of a name mm. too? Like marshmallow mateys. You got uh, toasted oats. <laughs> you got uh, I don't know. Get, get, what what are you thinking? I'm I'm kind of in the marshmallow matey thing. I feel like the marshmallow matey might be better than the Lucky Charm. Uh, that's pretty tough to think of generic names the way you. Just oh no, you, <laughs> you don't have to name that. But if you do, you know, like, oh, I like the generic cinnamon toast crunch or whatever. Yeah, I, I do like cinnamon toast crunch is probably like head of the yeah. cereal food chain. So yeah. I'd say maybe a generic variation of that or a um, cinnamon toaster. Yeah, I've had uh, <laughs> like Doctor Thunder, Doctor Pepper. I, I saw some like meme or some like group of pictures online of like Doctor Pepper and all the other versions, like Mister Pib. There's like Doctor Thunder, <laughs> and there's so many different versions and varying degrees of the <laughs> the Pepper family. Yeah, I, I would say um, there was also like a Wizard Marshmallow generic one for Lucky Charms. I remember that one being pretty I good. I think that too. might be what I'm thinking of. Or no, maybe it was called Strite or Stars and something. That's the one I'm referring to. Maybe it's not Marshmallow Mateys. That's what I'm thinking. But yeah, it's it's the Lucky Charm kind of thing, but they have the stars in it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, that one was was probably the best. That, that was uh, top level. I... um. Speaking of the time of year, another reason this time of year is the best is we get Count Chocula back on the shelves. Oh, JP, you got to listen back. Or maybe I'll just send you the clip. 
you got to listen back to last week's episode. I do like a 10 minute dive on, uh, uh, the monster cereals. Do you know there's another, there's not just Frankenberry, Booberry, and, uh, Count Chocula. There's like a werewolf out. Now, yeah. Yeah. There. I've never had it. But That's fruit brute. <laughs> never heard of it. And then there's actually another one called, uh, fruity, yummy mummy or something. They, so the original two, actually, I think it's Frankenberry and Cho- Count Chocula came out in 71. They came out together. Booberry came out in like 73. And then Fruit Brute came out in 74 and only lasted for like a couple years. And then Fruity Yummy Mummy made a, uh, an appearance in the 80s at 88 and then was defunct almost immediately. I was supposed to say, I wasn't familiar with the other two. Frankie Berry and Boo Berry, I'm familiar yeah. with. But Well, those are the classics that never, like, they were seasonal from the beginning, and they didn't cancel them. How about when I got um, my Count Chocula, too? I was fortunate enough to pick up a box the other day. The uh, woman working the checkout said that she prefers Frankenberry and Booberry. Yeah. It's, well, that's crazy to me. That's not the right answer. But anyway, uh, the original like version of Frankenberry would turn your shit pink. So they had to change the the uh, formula or whatever they did. Um, and then if you watch Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs, Fruit Brute makes an appearance in both of them. Like, that's what, uh, uh, what's his name? The dude that has the needle with Uma Thurman. Uh, Lance, I think, is his name. The dude in the robe, the drug dealer. Um, when they drive to his house, and he's, like, picking up the phone, like, don't come here. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he He's eating fruit brute there. And, like, in Reservoir Dogs, there's a scene where Mr. Orange is, like, talking in the mirror, I think, practicing his speech. And he has Fruit Brute on the thing there. I guess it came back in the 90s. But, yeah. Who knew that Quentin Tarantino and Fruit Brute was, like, a thing? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a recurring theme, in too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I better get my hands on some, then. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they have it. They might have brought Fruit Brute back now. If they do, I'm definitely going to go out and have it. Maybe it's delicious. I'm not going to knock it till I try it. But anyone who thinks Booberry or Frankenberry is better than Count Chocula, you know. What, what are you thinking? Nope. No, yeah, it's, it's just unacceptable. Like, cho- chocolate and marshmallow goes so well. It's it's like we said about the sours. Too much strawberry or blueberry, it's, it's disgusting by bite number four. Some of the, the cereals, though, that sound like they'd be better, like, I feel like s'mores cereal sounds better than it is. Yeah, s'mores, uh, like... Cookie crisp is not as good Co- as you'd think. Cookie crisp is dis- disgusting, total mess. <laughs> All right, let's get it. <laughs> let's move along from just strictly cereal talk. Although you have come to the right podcast if you'd like to hear about beer and cereal. Um, JP, uh, we don't have stuff to do in Pittsburgh this week, and I really don't have too much to go over. I just wanted to put out an episode uh, so we weren't skipping a week or anything. Uh, but we can get into some of the sports stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else I want to talk over. I have three quarter length baseball shirts written down. I will talk about it for one second because it's sports related, I guess. JP, you know, the three quarter length, like softball shirts that have a different color sleeve than a shirt. Yeah. So they'll have like the the white on the, on the torso and then the sleeve will be red or blue or black or whatever. Right. And they cover, cover your elbows, but not quite the forearm. Yes. Yeah. Why is there like such a strong tie? between three-quarter length sleeves and them being a different color than the actual torso shirt. Because you never see, like, an all-black three-quarter length shirt for, like, a guy or an all-white one. But then you also don't see the shirt that has the different color sleeves but fully length and then the white shirt. It's like 
the three-quarter length and the torso go hand-in-hand. Like, the different color sleeve and torso go hand-in-hand with the three-quarter length sleeve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I own actually multiple shirts that are different body but different color sleeve, but they are fully long. Oh, really? Yeah, and I I love the look, to be honest. Yeah. Well, okay, that's shit on the entire premise. Um, But no, I swear, like, well, maybe it's just the other way because you don't see three-quarter length sleeves without it then. Right, right. G- generally speaking, you don't. I, uh, I, I personally like the look. It's like it's like casual, but you could also wear it in a professional setting. I feel it's like. it's like for some reason it's like a, a kind of like throwback. It, it feels like that's something they would have used to wear, like kids used to wear uh, back in the day. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, just like what I said. I think that it's. Nice to just wear out and about, whether you do go to a bar or wherever. Or you could also, if you work at, like, you know, an office or you're on the phone where you don't need to be dressed up all day, I, I think that the look is great. And it is strange now that you mention it that you you really, for the most part, outside of, like, the, the Goodfellas brand, I noticed that they market out towards, like, Target and all that. It's very difficult to find a uh, three-quarter shirt that's all one color. You really do never see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not all the time. It's not 100%, and I'm sure there's going to be somebody like, yeah, I have a shirt. Yeah, I get it, but the three-quarter length shirt is tied uh, d- directly. There's a direct correlation between the two, I, I feel like. This, I feel this like podcast. If, if you get one color shirt that's three-fourths in length on your arm, then it's like it should be long sleeve from the get-go, then. Oh. you know? Yeah. I, th- I don't know. I guess maybe, like, the difference in color kind of shows, hey, we're here to not be your standard long sleeve shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that must be it. They, they just want to identify. And they want to, you know, they're loud and proud. Good for them. Good for the three-quarter length shirt. <laughs> I'm glad we tackled the tough issues. JP, let's talk some sports. So you have, uh, are we doing a preview or are we doing picks? I, I'm ready for either or. Let's, uh, let's do some preview first because I like to end the show with the picks. So let's. Uh, you want to preview Steelers Bengals, or do you want to talk about the NFL in general? Because we have a game on Thursday too. I mean, Thursday night we do have uh, defending champions, the LA Rams, are hosting the uh, Buffalo Bills on Thursday night. A mm-hmm. uh, two and a half point spread in favor of the Rams. Um, I, I, I like the Rams for the points in that game. Um, better, you know, Super Bowl champs upgraded at wide receiver of Allen Robinson. Um, uh, you think they're better with Allen Robinson than Odell Beckham? Uh, yeah, I, I think at this point, Allen Robinson has been successful with Chicago and Jacksonville and has never had the quarterback that he has now. Yeah. Um, I, I think Odell Beckham was able to come in and... Plus, he's not going to be like the number one guy. Like, Cooper Cup's on the other side. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think Odell Beckham was able to do enough to get them as an option number two behind Cooper Cup. And I think Allen Robinson has a little bit more left in the tank than Odell Beckham did. So I I do like the Rams coming off um, the Super Bowl and to win because these teams are evenly matched, but I think the Rams have a little bit more superstar power. We'll see if Gabriel Davis or Isaiah McKenzie could step up for Buffalo since Diggs is going to be getting a lot of Jalen Ramsey. So uh, I, I think that the Rams match up well with Buffalo, and if they're getting points at home, 
Sean McVay has been very successful in week one since taking over. I, I, I like the Rams in the season opener. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's in LA, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be, they're, they're definitely going to be a good team. You like Stafford. Uh, it's crazy how you see with, you know, how, how much a quarterback can play into. I mean, I know it's a whole team thing, but I'm not a giant fan of golf, and I don't think golf would have ever gotten them to the Super Bowl, let alone win one. Yeah, Stafford was able to elevate their great team because he was able to deliver balls deeper downfield rather than Jared Goff, who was more kind of like Roethlisberger last year, more short short game throw, um, don't turn the ball over. But as you see throughout the year, sometimes the guys who are taking the risks, your Josh Allens, your Matt Staffords. Matt Stafford actually was... Um, I think he may have led the league in interceptions last year. Yeah. But, yeah, you just see, like, the guys who are taking the risks down the field. The Brett Favre-like numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're the ones that are winning you games where the people towards the bottom more so, like, your Tua's and yeah. guys like that. You know, they, they Goff plays a safe way of football, which can get you to the playoffs. I mean, he's played in a Super Bowl, but, you know. It, you're, the playing not to lose instead of to win kind of thing. Right, absolutely. And I kind of like uh, Matt Stafford. He's a plus 1,400 for the MVP this year, yeah. uh, entering year two with this offense, with the Triple Crown leader in Cooper Cup, I think that he might be the best value pick for MVP. I know he has the elbow issue that's scared some people away from the Rams this year, but I think the Rams have a real shot at repeating. And I think with the coach and offense that they have in place, Matt Stafford could very well flourish and be the MVP this year. I remember a couple of years ago, like back when Odell Beckham Jr. was making the, the incredible catch, you know, the the one he's known for. It feels like the last few years, whether it be injury, whether it be uh, an issue with Cleveland or whatever's going on, I just feel like his career is not what it could have been or what people expected it to be, you know, five, seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's typical. People come I don't want to say he's disappointing, but like he kind of has been based on like, the hype and stuff that I thought he might have been. Yeah, he was kind of outvote or yeah, more outspoken during his final couple of years for the Giants, which they ended up shipping him off to Cleveland. Where, I mean, Cleveland was a run first team with a quarterback who was, you know, what Baker is. He's a mid tier quarterback, not really well known for getting the ball downfield. More so playing that efficient mid range to short range um, tar- targets in the past game. And Odell Beckham was just not able to live up to his whole potential there. He flourished last year with the Rams. And, you know, he played well in the Super Bowl catching a touchdown. But, I mean, it's so hard, especially when you're a guy that was exposed to so much media coverage from such an early success. It's kind yeah. of tough to live up to that reputation. He was a cover boy on Madden, the the catch against Dallas that made him famous, the rookie of the year. You know, it, it's, it's tough to live up to that. Yeah. Oh, let's get into, so what, did you make a pick on that? You said L.A.? I like L.A. plus two and a half. All right. Uh, you were just talking about Baker. What do, what do you think he's going to do against Carolina? Or is that one of your picks? No, uh, I'm excited for Carolina and Cleveland to see Baker Mayfield go out. It, I did not take that as a bet because I do like Cleveland, and it's a two and a half point spread. I think they're a better team from top to bottom than Carolina. But Baker just has that chip on his shoulder. He's yeah. not always the best player. But when he's fired up and is playing, you know, with, like I said, that chip on his shoulder, he goes out and he balls out. Yeah. I, I'm expecting him to go out and make a statement. I don't know if they win. I don't think Carolina's a better team. 
I don't think Carolina is a better team, but I do think they might win. Week one is the best week for underdogs because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I think Baker's going to play with an edge, and I think that there's a chance he comes out, the team rallies behind him, and I could very well see Baker getting the W in Cleveland. Who's who's Cleveland's quarterback? Brissett? Yeah, they have uh, Jacoby Brissett's under center. Who, he's a he's a solid backup quarterback. Like I I don't know that I like him that much as a starter, but he's a solid backup. Yeah, he won a few games with Indianapolis and New England. Uh, struggled last year with Miami, but I think with the system they have in Cleveland, with the offensive line, Chubb and Hunt in the backfield, they just acquired Amari Cooper. I think that this is a team that's, you know, built to win. They moved off Baker because they're a great team, just not the quarterback position. But they have Jacoby Brissett, more mature, more I'm assuming more coachable than Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to go out there and, you know, do enough to not lose. Well, they have Nick Chubb back there kind of thing. And like you just said, Amari Cooper, like, there's enough pieces to, like, Alex Smith it, like, don't mess it up, and we'll see where we can get. And maybe when Deshaun Watson gets back, you'll be at a 500 team or something. I'm guessing that's kind of what they're going to go for if he gets back this year. Yeah, he'll be back. He got an 11-game suspension. Um, When's he coming back? What's the game against? Houston. That's what I thought. Like, there's no way when they made this schedule, they didn't definitely think, like, okay, he's not going to go past this. Like, that's so – that's not, like, just by chance. Right. So Because they originally wanted to get him out as long as they could, but I guess that Watson was able to narrow it down. He originally wanted eight games, I think. I think he wanted, like, six, but he agreed to eight, and then they agreed in the middle at 11. And then, of course – Money talks. Yeah. Houston is going to be playing Sean Watson in his first game back. That's what I thought I heard, and I was like, that's kind of... Uh, it's like, it it makes me feel like gross, kind of. Like, I feel like you're just getting them back there I think for the Houston game. If there's two people I'm rooting for this year, it's Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I, I'd love to see Baker get moved away out of Cleveland and have a phenomenal year, and I'd love to see Jacoby Brissett come in with Deshaun Watson out and go 9-2. and two. Yeah. You know, hmm. I, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. Well, like I was just saying, like, uh, I mean, it's a tough division. I don't think they're going 9-2. and two, But, you know, I don't think they beat Cincinnati at all. I don't know that they're going to beat Baltimore. No, I have them in fourth finishing in the AFC North because of the quarterback. But, you know, if it's just who I'm rooting for despite everything that's going on, I'd love to see Jacoby Brissett get out there and have a great yeah. year. What's your next pick? Okay, so I have three picks this year or this week that. Or, or sh- no, we were going to talk about the Steelers. We that was the original way we were going to do it, and then we started talking about the other game. So let's talk about uh, Steelers, uh, Bengals, and then we'll do your picks. Okay. All right. So Steelers and Bengals this year. Um, Steelers are plus six at Cincinnati this week. Um, I wouldn't touch it because there's the week one unknown division game, big point spread in favor of Pittsburgh. I think Cincinnati's going to win this game. I could see them covering the spread because they beat the Steelers by double digits both times they played last year. It wasn't even close. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like they should have like I feel like Cincinnati made it clear that they were the better team both games. Yeah. And but if you if you watch the preseason of the quarterback position, uh, Pickett and Trubisky both looked good enough to push the ball downfield, something they didn't have last year for Roethlisberger. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a new-look offense. So I'm thinking 
it will be more competitive than the the game last year, especially the second time they met. But I think Bengals are just a better team. They upgraded where they needed to, especially on the offensive line by bringing in Laurel Collins and Alex Kappa. Um, and uh, Pittsburgh struggled. They were last against the run last year. They surrendered the most rushing yards to defense. Mm-hmm. And we get an upgraded Bangalow line for Joe Mixon. Um, Steelers only had two sacks last year against Joe Burrow. TJ Watt only played in one game. But he'll be back and facing a, an upgraded right tackle. Um, and if you just look at the numbers, um, Mixon ran for 255 yards in the two games against the Steelers. And Joe Burrow completed over 80% of his balls. He went 34-42 in those two games. That's incredibly high. Yeah, and Roethlisberger threw 58 balls and 41 balls in each game individually against the Bengals. Oh, wow. So St- I- Steelers are throwing the ball at an alarming rate, while the Bengals, if you just look at those numbers, they're able to, to control the football game by running the football. They're, um, and then they use Burrow, who's throwing efficiently to extend the drives and put the Steelers in uncomfortable situations. Do you, do you think Roethlisberger had some, some pretty good pull over how much he threw the ball last year? Yeah, I think that even in multiple situations where they, they were winning football games if Najee Harris was getting X amount of touches. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the game plans were just getting thrown out because they'd go down 14 nothing with the clock running because they're not stopping the run, and they would panic, and Ben would have to throw the ball. Ben didn't have the arm he did years ago, and it just, you know, it was a very yeah. dysfunctional offense last year. I feel like that's fair. And I think that, like, uh, I, Roethlisberger is an absolute legend, but the last couple of years he was not, and I think... It'll be nice to see somebody that can move a little bit and can throw it more than 15 yards down the field. And I think it'll make the defenses open up more because, like, people weren't respecting Roethlisberger's arm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you get Trubisky under center. I think the Steelers have more ability to take shots downfield. You know, Juju was that underneath wide receiver. Pickens, if you watch him in the preseason, was over the top. Yeah. Making sideline catches. I think that the, the offense will bring a new dimension to the game but again offensive line still an issue they brought in mason cole at center they brought in um james daniels to play right guard but these aren't major upgrades they're still struggling to protect their quarterback all preseason um Bengals are no slouch too they have uh trey hendrickson coming off the edge they have um they have a deeper um secondary uh, last year and this year compared to years past. I think um, you know it's going to be tough to use your pieces outside of Najee Harris to move the football against a team like that. Yeah, we will definitely see. Like I said, there's a quarterback that can move it now, though, so we'll see what, you know, they just signed uh, Johnson to the extended contract this offseason, so he'll be there. I, li- I love George Pickens. I think he's going to be an absolute beast. We'll see what that means for Chase Claypool. Less touches. Will he even be here in the future? And then uh, Pat Fryermuth, I think it's going to be one of the top three tight ends for the next ten years. In the next year or two, like you're gonna you're gonna recognize him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're going to be in more passing situations. I think against a high powered offense like the Bengals, where we'll see the younger guys like Fryermuth and Pickens having to make the plays. Um, yeah. Well, I, th- I do think if the Steelers have to pass the ball, they're going to lose the game. 
Like, I, I really do think, and I'm not saying, oh, because they can throw the ball further, they should. Najee Harris is the best player on their offense, and I think they should run it as much as they can. Will the offensive line get any push to do so? Who knows? Yeah, that's going to be what it comes down to is protecting Najee Harris. I mean, he, he's banged up with, with a foot injury. Uh, Deontay Johnson has the shoulder injury, and T.J. Watt had uh, the, the knee issue, too. This is why you don't play these guys in preseason. Yeah. Now we're not getting them at 100% against, you know, the AFC champions of last year. I don't understand why uh, Najee Harris and or a lot of the starters were playing, like, the first half of that preseason game. It's too much, and it's not worth it. And give, the, them a, give them a drive if they need it. I don't think T.J. Watt needs to touch the field in the preseason. They're so deep or superstar heavy on their defense as well to the point where they can't get deep. Yeah. So, that, you know, they have Cam Hayward they're paying, Micah Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt. So injury to any of those guys is going to be a major setback to your football team. Mm-hmm, for sure. But Tomlin, is he's 9-5-1 and one throughout his career in week one. Um, Bengals are a new-look team um, as of recently, and they just look more explosive. So I think the Steelers need to adapt to today's NFL, which is more offensive-friendly. They have the wide receivers to do it. They have a great young running back. I just don't think they have the quarterback nor the offensive line to protect that quarterback to go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I mean, like we always say, though, I mean, one of the key, if not the most key stat you're going to find out are turnovers at the end of the game. I mean, if they can force a turnover to, then, you know, they go to pitch the ball, there's a fumble in the backfield, you get a pick six from Minka Fitzpatrick like a couple years ago. We need him to start playing the way that he, they did when they traded for him. Um, hopefully with the more, uh, you know, hopefully Miles Jack can do more in the middle. Devin Bush, I think, is trash. Um, we'll see what he can do. Hopefully that will keep, you know, the blocks you know, if they can make the tackles, it won't require Minka Fitzpatrick to come up, and he can start playing center field and start getting those turnovers again, like he was before. Especially coming into Cincinnati in a team with the wide receiver talent they have, with uh, T. Higgins, who shredded the Steelers the second time they met. He missed the first game they played. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase, they've held in check in terms of yardage, but he did catch two touchdowns in their first meeting. Who's going to cover the, those guys, though? So they brought in Levi Wallace from Buffalo with Joe Hayden not coming back. Cam Sutton will be playing the slot. And, um, I mean, hopefully they can keep Mika in the back to help play center field. It's going to be tough covering guys. Like I said, T. Higgins is great young wide receiver. Jamar Chase, phenomenal. Uh, Tyler Boyd said last year the Steelers quit on him. So, like, I mean, we'll we'll see how. I don't disagree with him either. I feel like he was right. Yeah. And they, they brought in Hayden Hurst at tight end. I think that's an upgrade. Two new linemen. Bengals on offense built to go back to the Super Bowl. I, I agree. I think they're going to be a good team. But we we will see, I guess. Week one. I'm excited for that. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on on that game? No, I, I think that the week one unknown is always something. I think this kind of benefits the underdogs, which in this case is the Steelers. Steelers came out and beat Buffalo last year. It was sloppy. They didn't look like the better team, but they got the W. So they had that Spillane interception, though, didn't they? Or they had like it, a blocked punt, or, or is that what that. it was? I, I can remember that, but like that's what it is. You got to make a play on special teams, make a turnover or something. That's how you beat teams that are better than you. And I, I like the decision to start Trubisky the first couple weeks at least. Um, Bengals going to be a tough matchup. New England's week two, who absolutely feasts on rookie quarterbacks. 
Kenny Pickett was the second highest graded rookie by PFF during the preseason with an over 80, 80% grade. But I think Mitch Trubisky, in order to win these games early, should be the starting quarterback. And I also think it's fair. I, I, I like Kenny Pickett a lot, but I think it's a fair assessment to say he did play against twos and threes. Yes, that's fair. And he did get... I would have given him the start in the last preseason game. I would, too. If it was a fair quarterback competition, like, they should have given. And what's the downfall of just seeing what he looks like with the ones? Right. I, I had no issue. I would have started him, too, knowing that Trubisky would have started. Um, and funny thing, um, according to FanDuel, Pickett and George Pickens are both tied as the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think that's a bold move to say Pickett will... Like if Mitch comes in and wins six, do they go six and two? Pickett's not coming in. Yeah, it's. T- I guess it's just no other rookie quarterback's going to play, and he might play. So the odds makers are dialing yeah. in. I, my, my pick for rookie of the year is going to be Sky Moore, though the Shady Side Academy kid from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. He's at plus twelve hundred. He plays. He's not nearly as good, and I hate to make comparisons like this. He's not as good as Tyreek Hill, but he plays a similar style of football. Yeah, and if he's like the replacement. <laughs> like the uh, we no mom, we have Tyreek Hill at home sort of thing. Yeah, if if he's the uh, you know, the uh, g- generic version, the uh, marshmallow maybe, yeah, the, uh, toasted Thunder. <laughs> yeah, if he is the uh, Doctor Thunder version of Tyreek Hill, he's going to get a lot of volume. Yeah, he and then I mean, the, uh, Kansas City has a. It seems like they don't. Well, I guess they've always had some pretty good weapons, but they have you know three quality weapons plus Travis Kelsey. Plus, Clyde Edwards-Alaire can catch the ball a little bit. Um, plus, you have Patrick Mahomes. It's a quarterback league. You'll go as far as your quarterback takes you, essentially, unless you're Tennessee. Yeah, and if Sky Moore is going to come in and start, it's tough to imagine someone like George Peckins finishing with more yards than a guy like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll see if he balls out. I'd love to see George Pickens as, uh, as the rookie of the year. My favorite clips of him so far, he's like taking a couple guys out on blocks that have been great if you if you go back and watch some uh, some clips of the preseason. Yeah, he's he's different than the other wide receivers who are more um, underneath quick or Claypool. Who they, they seem to care more about being flashy rather than doing the dirty work. Pickens seems more of a guy that's willing to do the dirty work. Pickens also kind of seems like he feels like he needs to earn it before he can be flashy. I feel like he could be flashy and kind of you know the diva NFL guy. But, like, you don't see a lot of guys coming in like, okay, I need to earn it first now. Yeah, he, he does have some off-the-field character issues coming out of Georgia, according to many tra- draft experts. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he's done everything right thus far. I don't want him to get early, early success and then have it go to his head like he did with, let's say, some of the other wide receivers yeah. we've had here. Chase Claypool. Hmm. I feel like he's kind of like, he had a big rookie year made some big plays, and then I haven't seen him since. Right. I, th- I feel like Pickens has been drafted, and the extension to Deontay Johnson might be a message for Chase Claypool to take into factor. Well, I hope it does. Like, uh, he has a lot of talent. He's a big dude. He's made some nice catches. He needs to do that more. But like, like I was saying earlier, maybe some of it has to do with Roethlisberger. Maybe some of it has to do with not stretching the ball out. Maybe it has to do with the, the defense not respecting them go oh you know uh, Claypool's a guy that could take the top off a defense and run him out are we gonna really even you know make that much of an effort on some of them if we know Roethlisberger can't throw it that far 
And that's what I'm saying. The Steelers played great football last year in one game, so they were a playoff team without being able to do that. They're an interesting team this year because they have someone who can stretch the field, but it's not necessarily an elite quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, so I like Cincinnati in the game. I would. Do you like Cincinnati with the points? Or uh, this isn't one of your picks, so we're not saying to go out, but we're talking about it. Actually, we'll just ask you. Who do you think wins straight up? Cincinnati, I think, wins straight up. They're the home team. They're deeper. Joe Burrow's coming off a Super Bowl season, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. Steelers have a question mark at quarterback. This is Trubisky's first start for a new team. He was a backup at Buffalo. He hasn't started in years. So, yeah. you know, I I, want, I think I'm expecting more rust from Pittsburgh than from Cincinnati. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into some of your picks on. Okay, yeah, so I have uh, th- three picks this week that I like a lot, and uh, let's begin by staying in the AFC North. Um, Joe Flacco is uh, going to start for the Jets this week with <laughs> Zach Wilson out. So they play his former team. Got hurt banging someone's yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah, um, knee, knee injury, and I'm sure that's not the only thing that's hurt, you know. Um, yeah. So we got uh, Joe Flacco for the Jets, and Baltimore is coming to town. It seems like we talk about Baltimore every week on the show, but they're minus six and a half, and that's actually a six and a half point spread I, I like for Baltimore. Yeah. I expect Baltimore to win by double digits, so I think the six and a half point spread where you get the seven point benefit of the doubt is really helping. Um, Joe Flacco is two and 11 since leaving the Ravens as a starting quarterback. Um, Ravens are actually... Where did he go? Did he go to Denver? I can't really remember Joe Flacco's progression. He went to Denver and uh, then uh, the Jets. And then he like went to the Eagles for a brief stint where he didn't play at all. And then back to the Jets. Oh. Uh, so, 2-11 in that span. Um, ba- Baltimore, on the other hand, you know, they're healthy at cornerback. I think both teams had a great draft, but I think Baltimore had the best draft. We were saying that. I was saying that at the time because they took, I think they took Kyle Hamilton and then they took another, did they take an O-lineman? Yeah, uh, Tyler Linderbaum out yeah. of Iowa. Like those were two, and I, I, I'm i not super big on taking like safeties too early, but I think he's going to be good. He was, Hamilton. he's like built different than uh, every other player in the draft. He was one of the best overall talents in the draft. He's one of the bigger safeties too like uh, do you know i don't think you would know offhand how tall he is but he looks like almost not like adrian wilson cam chancellor big but like he looks like a bigger defensive back yeah he plays a hybrid style so he'll come up and hit you in the run game and you know his zone coverage is phenomenal off the charts he did get hurt last year so his season was cut short but coming out of the draft he, he seems to check all the boxes at the safety position plus they got um Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey coming back at corner. I think uh, J.K. Dobbins is likely out for week one, but they did upgrade at running back. And, you know, they didn't have a single running back on their roster last year. I think uh, containing Lamar Jackson, who's looking for a new deal, is going to be extremely difficult. It's that week one unknown. I think Lamar Jackson always comes into week one, and, like, you just can't prepare for that speed. You forget how fast he is until you see it. I feel like he always kills it week one. Uh, but maybe it's, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Baltimore lost in overtime to the Raiders last year in week one. But in their last five weeks, week ones, they're four and one, winning all games by at least 20 points. Holy shit. Yes. Yeah, so this is. Oh, a- my God. Yeah. So they're not just winning games. They're they're 
demolishing teams. Yeah, they're that physical team, too, that comes out every year of presence. They're, um, they allowed the fewest rush yards last year, and the Jets allowed the fourth most. Baltimore pounds that football. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be very tough for the Jets to keep up. And I think the Jets suck. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they're a very young team still learning. Left tackle still injured um, out of Louisville. Uh, Becton, he hasn't lived up to the hype of where he was picked. I don't like defensive coaches. I don't think Sala was the right guy for the job. And Baltimore is just, they're way better at coach, way better at quarterback, and they're just the more physical team. I, I like them, you know, by double digits this week. Do you think that if we took the three New York teams and had Buffalo go against the All-Stars, or not the All-Stars, that's kind of a, a bad way to represent what I'm about to say. If you took the best players from the Giants and the Jets, and had them go against the Bills, would they compete, and how much would the Bills win by? Uh, I'd take the Bills, too, just because of the quarterback. Like, who, who's going to start, Daniel Jones or Zach Wilson? You know, I'm, I'm taking Buffalo all day. <laughs> the, the, the New York All-Stars, I don't think. Like, do they even beat the Dolphins or Patriots, even? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, of, And I love to see New York, like, suck. <laughs> like, New York or L.A. or, you know. Whatever, one of the major cities. But I feel like New York has an arrogance, too. I like seeing Boston lose. You would still have the worst O-line in football. Yeah. like I there's. Like. I don't even know who's... They would have Saquon Barkley on the team. For a week. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then who even else is good on either team? Like, I... I, uh, I think the <laughs> Giants are, have some pieces at wide receiver. Jets have, like... Some young guys I like that they picked, but they're all question marks yeah. across the board. Like, there's nobody proven on either team who has proven they can either be healthy or be good. Yeah, I'm saying that, um, you know, Jets and Giants, I think, will both be bottom 10 teams easily, probably bottom five. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go to number two then. Uh, speaking of bottom five teams, uh, Atlanta and the Saints. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the Saints a lot this week at minus five and a half. Um, five and a half is a pretty good spread, but yeah, uh, they're a better. Atlanta sucks too. Yeah, so Atlanta, I, I have them picking top five. Um, GM said they're going to take it on the chin this year. <laughs> so, um, Saint, it, did they hire the dude from uh, Miami? <laughs> Atlanta can't afford to lose a number one draft pick, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan's no longer there. Um, Calvin Ridley's not going to be playing this season. Hayden Hurst moved on to Cincinnati. Um, Atlanta ranked 31st in rushing yards allowed per game last year. It's Calvin really who gambled. Yeah, he gambled on his team to win, I believe. But yeah. I feel like you should be allowed to do that. Uh, I, I support- I'm not. I'm not saying that they should have. I think it's better to keep them separate. But I do feel like it should be a mitigating circumstance if you bet for your team. Yeah, I understand, but I, I, it's more of a opening up a border. I guess you don't want that. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying, coming yeah. out. Um, but no Saints. On the other hand. Four and one against the Falcons in their last five meetings. Uh, seven and three in their last ten, as a matter of fact. Um, and Jameis Winston's nine and two since joining the Saints. Uh, great new group of wide receivers. Michael Thomas is coming back. Last time he played a full year, he set the receptions record. Chris Olave out of Ohio State and Jarvis Landry to add to the mix. Um, I'm not seeing a Kamara suspension come in. And, uh, I mean, they, 
ranked number one in run defense as well last year, and the Falcons have a wide receiver playing running back. What are your thoughts on Jameis Winston as a quarterback in general, and where do you see that he falls in rank in the NFL? Jameis Winston has a lot of natural tolls and talent. Um, he definitely plays with a chip on his shoulder, but he's kind of a high-risk, high-reward. He, he will throw for a ton of yards. He threw for over 5,000, I think, a few years ago. In I think he has, Bay. like, the most yards for any quarterback in his first five years. Yeah, so, yeah, he could sling the ball. It's just he's not always efficient. He turns the ball over a lot. He's they, Sorry to interrupt, but I think the one year he was, like, a 30 touchdown, 30 interception. Yeah, and, like, that hasn't happened since, what, <laughs> what do you think, 50s or 40s even? But uh, yeah. Well, they didn't even throw the ball that many. Did they throw it 60 <laughs> times to even have touchdowns and interceptions? <laughs> It's a good point. Yeah, but I I forget the last time exactly it happened, but I feel like the the, the helmets may have been leather rather than whatever <laughs> yeah. they were. Um, have you ever seen the Leatherhead movie? I've never seen it. I don't know if no, you did, because it seems awful. I don't intend on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Jameis Winston, I think, has a lot of intangibles. It's just he's a turnover machine as well. Saints have limited that while his... He wasn't throwing for a whole lot of yards of New Orleans, but he was finding ways to win football games. Well, he that's just, the stat that matters is a win. Yeah, and I think he just needs to be coachable in aspects like that. Um, I don't see him as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I think you could get to the playoffs, and w- I don't really see him as someone you make a deep run with, but I see him as someone who could be a bridge quarterback. Are you of the mindset that if I have a quarterback and I don't think that he can take me to a championship or – Maybe not necessarily the the quarterback, but capable of taking a team to the Super Bowl. Like, Cleveland didn't think Baker could do it. Are you in favor of just being like, you know what? I don't want to be a 12-win team that's a first-round exit. Give me a quarterback that can win it, and let's move on. Do you like how Cleveland kind of did it? Like, we're not going to win with him, so give us someone who can? Or do you kind of stick in the limbo and kind of the middle and hope that you get a quarterback like Joe Flacco that might not suck enough to win? I like being aggressive because that's what wins in this league. Look at the last two Super Bowl quarterbacks. Yeah, Well, L.A. is a perfect example because they did have a quarterback that could get them some wins, but I don't think Goff was ever going to get them past the second round. Not, that was Matt Stafford's first year of the Rams. Yeah. Super Bowl. Tom Brady's first year away from the Patriots. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I like being aggressive and getting out and doing, finding your guy. Now, it's different when it's Sean Watson. It's something I would have stayed away from just yeah. because of the off-the-field stuff. Um, but, but also, would Cleveland have even gotten Watson if there was no off-the-field stuff? Right. He did want out. Like, you probably could have gotten a couple more picks in return. But now we're also going to see it. Like, it's still an experiment that we're witnessing. We'll see what happens in Denver. Mm-hmm. I like the upgrade of Russell Wilson a lot. But we'll see if, how it pans out because... That division's tough. It's tough division. Plus, you're trading away a lot of draft capital in order to get these guys. Yeah. So... Especially, like, Russell Wilson's not 24. Right. He's older, but I think that he has elevated that team. I don't think Denver would have found a better quarterback from where they would have been without him. I mean, it's also a team that, that got Peyton Manning, at, you know. Yeah, they've struggled to find his replacement to Osweiler. But I'm not. I'm saying they're not afraid to bring in an older quarterback. It's not like okay, let's bring in somebody that's 22 years old and groom them. When they got Manning, now they're kind of taking another proven vet and putting him in. Yeah, and uh, maybe Elway likes that. You have to have a team in place before you make the move as well. 
they yeah. got you know Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, two running backs, and Gordon and Williams that I like. Um, a, a pretty solid defense. I think Pat Sertan Jr. is going to be one of the best corners in this league. Um, and then you just trade some draft picks and find a franchise quarterback, which they didn't have. And I mean, when you look at Justin Herbert, uh, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, these are guys you have to compete with. You cannot compete with a product on that field if you're going to roll out. Trevor Simeon or whoever yeah, Denver yeah. is going to put out there. Drew Locke, you know, you have to find a guy to do that. Washington does the same thing, I think. Like, they 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 get by on, like, mediocre quarter. Like, who's who's the last great quarterback in Washington? Right, I mean, I mean, like, Kirk Cousins was the best recently. You know, it's... it's you like that! <laughs> you like that! It's, it's tough to find that franchise quarterback, you know? Um... Finding that Band-Aid, like, kind of like what the Saints have with Jameis Winston. Like I said, I don't think you'll win a Super Bowl, but if you have the pieces and you don't have a better option, yeah, go out with who you have. Whether, I mean, like, Houston wants to see what they have in Davis Mills. I don't have an issue putting him out there and seeing what happens. But Houston, I would never encourage to trade three draft picks for a quarterback while you don't have the positions. But I almost, like, I'm more on board with let's take a young guy and see what he can do versus let's just take the guy, like, that will get us like I'm not a fan maybe Tua can get them over the hump but like just that like a eight to ten win guy yeah and it, that's what you're best because then I feel like you're just stuck there and then you're drafting at 15th and then you're getting you're not getting like the high end like I feel like if you're not going to win it's almost better to like get young guys in there get new guys in there and rebuild it and see what you have versus you know yeah, yeah. And Miami is another situation where I think they should trade and get out and get a quarterback because they, they have these weapons. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. I think now's the time to get out and find your guy to get you there. Is Kirk Cousins, if he was in Miami, do you think they'd be a, a deep playoff contender? No, they're the same thing. He has Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and he's uh, maybe he has one playoff win. That's what he is, in my opinion. Do you think it's Kirk Cousins, or do you think it's – kind of just like the uh, situation he finds himself in like is it him that's not playing well because usually his numbers aren't bad is it that he's playing with a defense that doesn't do it or is it just him not putting them he doesn't put them on the back like the quarterback needs to do in certain situations well, we've seen the same thing when he was in washington it's you know he gets you to the playoffs and he crumbles in primetime games or big games I think he is a good quarterback which means you could beat other good quarterbacks and poor quarterbacks yeah, you're in a division with the Lions. That's two wins. The Bears, that's two wins. Yeah. What are you going to do against Green Bay, you know? But, like, I feel like right now Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than, say, Justin Fields. But I feel like Justin Fields has a lot more upside. Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. would. I wouldn't trade the house for Kirk Cousins, but I would like him as a... Uh, I'd like him as a free agent quarterback who's on the market, but I wouldn't like to make a move for him. How about if Kirk Cousins... I'm not trying to make this a whole Kirk Cousins thing, but if he was in L.A., do you think they're still a Super Bowl contender? With the Rams, yes, but that's because you have the perfect Well, that's what coach. I'm saying, yeah. Everything's perfect there. You have the best wide receiver in the game, um, best defensive player since maybe Lawrence Taylor, if you don't include Reggie White, um, great young coach, best corner in the game. Like You have everything you need yeah. with a team like that. Well, we were, you just said coaching there. What are your thoughts there? Because there's new coach in Minnesota. That's O'Connell, right? Yes, I was going to get into that. Okay. okay oh, well, you're going to do that later? Yeah. Okay, then we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that then. Um, Kirk Cousins has taken us off track. But did you, make, did you make your pick for this one? 
Uh, yeah, so Saints minus five and a half. Um, I, I like their, like I said, best run defense last year. Still have Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport. Uh, they just got the Honey Badger in a secondary that already had Marshawn Lattimore. So uh, Mariota hasn't started since 2019 where he was benched in the middle of the year. I think Saints could feast on Atlanta this year. Honey Badger took a little bit of time to sign. What was up with that? I think it was probably a money thing. A lot of teams don't see safety as a necessity. It's more of a luxury. And yeah. uh, Steelers don't, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pay Micah Fitzpatrick. You know, he was yeah. probably the best safety in the game. I, but but like that's another thing too. I'd get to. I I don't mind paying him because you're not paying a quarterback. If it came down to him or Ben in his prime, yeah. I, I would have kept Ben. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But, but at this point, mm-hmm. all right. Let's go to number three then. Number three, I like Minnesota this week, plus two and a half against Green Bay. You like that? You like that? So, uh, despite everything I just said about Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> but no, new offensive coach, Kevin O'Connell, um, that's an upgraded coach. Defensive coaches do not win. The NFL is new. Um, Belichick and Tomlin, like you can see, no one knows what's going on with these teams this year. Um, Sala's been a mess with the Jets. Zimmer struggled. He didn't get along with Cousins either. Um, Tua and Brian Flores didn't get along. It's it's a new NFL, and the offensive coaches are winning. I think Kevin O'Connell fits the scheme, uh, fits the system well. I like the schemes they're building, making Justin Jefferson the highlight of their offense. I think um, the, the Cousins' new contract is going to play a role too. He's happier now, gets a coach that fits him better. And... Uh, you know, Green Bay, I have, a, I have a lot of questions with. They actually have a new offensive coordinator and uh, no Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers has trust issues with these young guys. Who knows if Robert Tanyan will be back at tight end, if Bakhtiari will be back at left tackle. And uh, Minnesota's home getting the points. Uh, I, I like their pick better. And I like this Darius Smith sign they took from Green Bay as well. I think the home team with arguably the better roster and the points, I'm going to take the Vikings. What what were the points again in that? Two and a half. So the Vikings are are giving two and a half, or they're getting getting two and a half. Oh yeah, I kind of like that too. I think I think Rogers is kind of getting by on a name. Not that he's not still an absolute beast, but like, how much can just one guy kind of do with what with what weapon? I mean, there's he doesn't have Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean they got to run the ball. I mean Aaron Jones has to be a bigger. Uh, par. I mean, as long as you have a solid quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest to ever play, you have a chance. But the overall team of Minnesota, and I'm interested to see how it looks with a new coach. I th- really think that'll make a difference. Plus, like I said, it's the week one unknown. Um, Kevin O'Connell's designing a whole new look. There's no tape on this team with Kevin O'Connell and the offense they're going to run. There's plenty of tape with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers but they, they don't have Devontae anymore. Um, expect new things from Minnesota this year while you expect the same things from Green Bay. That's why I like Minnesota this week a lot. Um, not to mention, um, like like I said, they're going to rely on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones to lead their team in receiving as well, it looks like. Aaron, you know, he struggles to target new guys. It Look at the volume Devontae Adams has had the past couple years, and they had to bring back Randall Cobb and all this. He... he has trust issues with these new guys, and they have two new rookie wideouts. Sammy Watkins is there. Um, I'm just interested to see what he does. He is the better quarterback. He is the back-to-back MVP. 
He is capable of elevating things, I think, more so than Kirk Cousins. But Cousins got himself a top three wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. You could argue a top, probably top five running back in Dalvin Cook, maybe the best backup running back. Adam Thielen's not a slouch either. Yeah, and Adam <laughs> Thielen, I, neither is K.J. Osborne. They, He's they, an all-star. Yeah, <laughs> They got these guys that are capable of big play ability with a new offensive-minded coach. Adam, Adam, sorry, not to talk about just Adam Thielen, but he was he was a Pro Bowler while he was number one, like the number one receiver in Minnesota, right? Yeah, him, him and, and Diggs. now and now he's number two. Well, yeah, I guess Diggs was there, but now he's still in that number two role, which was like the perfect role for Juju Smith Schuster when AB was here. Yeah, like, like it was a good compliment. You have two solid guys, like the fat, like relying on the other team to have two really solid corners too, or whatever. It's you, it's hard, especially as a Steeler fan. We're seeing, you know, the depth of certain corners and stuff like uh, the Steelers are going to struggle with the receivers with Higgins and Chase and and uh, uh, Boyd. It's the same thing with Minnesota. There's uh, there's a millions different ways to beat. They have a million different ways to beat you if Kirk Cousins can, you know. Yeah, and, and again, everything I said about Cousins too, though he had Mike Zimmer, defensive minded coach. I'm excited to see what he does with an offensive minded coach who's bringing in easier ways of getting the football to your playmakers. You know, look at the year O'Connell had with Cooper Cup, and that's a guy whose numbers weren't nearly as good as Justin Jefferson the first couple years. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what uh, they bring to the table with um, Kirk Cousins, who's per- put in the perfect situation, like we said, with Thielen, who's playing a, uh, a two, Osborne, who's a three. I, I, I like Irv Smith, the, the young tight end, finally coming in. Um how much are you putting on O'Connell versus McVay? Um, I, I think, well, McVay, if you're a coordinator for McVay, you're finding a new job in a year or two. So, yeah. yeah. He is like, I don't know what it is. He's like Belichick with successful coaches, though, it seems like. Because it's like Belichick would put out Charlie Weiss or uh, what the du- the dude in Houston. Uh, Romeo Cornell? Well, they had Romeo Cornell, but they had Bill. Uh, oh, yeah, it? Bill. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember his Bill. name. Bill. <laughs> Um, yeah. But, yeah, you see guys like that, or uh, uh, what's his name? In, uh, Was it uh, O'Brien? Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. And uh, Josh McDaniels or whatever. Like, you see a lot of guys, but then you see him like, not have a ton of success. I think McDaniels might be good this time. Um, I think Belichick is just a pure, like, genius to the point where, like, he can coach, but he can't really, like, teach, if that makes He can yeah. do, but not necessarily teach, whereas I think McVeigh... He just has a new way of doing things. NFL used to be like, get tough or die. Now he's the first one to be like, you know what, we're not going to practice in pads all week because I know the guys I have. I'd rather have longevity with you guys and mm-hmm. build something. And Well, it was. Like you were just saying, it's like a toughness. It's like you had to prove that you were a man you were a tough guy. But it's like it's not about that. It's about scoring points and winning games. And, and like you do, they're super tough. I'm not saying like not that. But it was like... I don't care what you do. You're going to, you know, rub some dirt on it. You don't need water. Suck it up. Yeah, and if you, you know, just the wear and tear is so much less on these guys when you're not hitting in practice every day. Plus, these guys are getting hit a lot harder than those. Like, when they were playing, there weren't 6'4", 275 pounds of pure muscle that runs a 4'3". Yeah, and the, you know, technology of the game and helmets and everything, it all helps. But McVeigh has found a way. It keeps... It's such a great free agent destiny place because you realize you'll be getting a lot of perks and play on a contender each and every year. The great young coach, 
Aaron Donald. I mean, look, look, Aaron Donald is facing less wear and tear on his body today, and he's still winning Defensive Player of the Year at you know thirty years old because he's he's fresh to go each and every week. Yeah, I I think he's I I don't know, remember any coach in such a shorter period of time with like guys from under him who have found coaching jobs. Yeah, absolutely. He's he was like ahead of the game, so to speak, and I think that you know O'Connell will bring a lot of that to Minnesota, a team that's been very good but not great for the past decade. Where do you rank Sean McVay right now as a coach in the league? I think you could say he's the best coach in the NFL right now. Wow. Uh Yeah, and he's still one of the younger ones. Uh And I think that shows so much of just like, and I think this is true in a lot of aspects of life, just like you can follow like the template that everyone's doing, and then you have to be the best at that. Or you can kind of break off and just do something different. And like sometimes different, just being different makes it better. Kind of like you, you, you look at it with a new set of eyes from a different perspective and you realize, yeah, that way is a way of working, but this is a way of working in a different way. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's lesser. Like uh, he's found a way and he's proven it. He has some hardware on his mantle. And the teams are uh, in the NFL are smarter nowadays and they're adapting to, I think, a new McVeigh-like system rather than the old school method. Plus, it's speed, speed. Like mm-hmm. oh, everyone's fast now. Like the of uh, the offensive linemen today are running what? Like probably tight end skilled positions. Fullbacks were running, you know, twenty years ago even. And I, I said it last year. I said Cincinnati should have taken Peniel Seal to protect Burrow instead of taking Jamar Chase, and I, I was wrong. It's all about points, offense, explosiveness. Oh, we're this explosive. Let's get more explosive. You know. Yeah. Let, let's bring in, you know, an Odell Beckham when he's a free agent. Let's uh, let's draft C.D. Lame despite us having Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. You know, it's yeah. let's load up on offense because and hope for a turnover on defense. Yeah. You know. All right. Did you you did say your final that the final pick was Minnesota over Green Bay? Yes. With the points? Yes, with two and a half. So do you want to do one last rundown and tell everybody uh, your final picks? Yeah, sure. So I like Baltimore minus six and a half against the Jets, Saints minus five and a half against the Falcons, and Minnesota plus two and a half against Green Bay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Sports guy JP, we're going to be doing this show. Uh, I think it'll probably come out every Wednesday. Uh, you can look for it. We'll do the regular Poor Man's Podcast Mondays. You can look forward to the Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP every week throughout the football season. We'll make the picks. Preview, review, Steeler games, and, uh, you know, if there's anything else you want to hear, comment on Instagram, Facebook, whatever else, and we'll be glad to top uh, tackle the subject, pun intended. JP, thank you for your time today. Thank you for the beer choices, lager, roots, lime, and then what did you have, the Bedrock one? Uh, yeah, Party and Bedrock from a Hitchhiker. All right, then. Well, uh, stop out and support some of these local breweries. They have really good beers. Um, and, uh, JP, thank you again for taking the time, uh, and thank you for listening. All I'm going to say is I'm so happy that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. 
This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You play to win the game. You like that? You like that? Straight cash, homie.